talking to myself. Hey everyone, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today I am speaking with Amy Beath Johnson and we are going to be talking about the lymphatic system, a not really much well-known uh, system of the body, one that we certainly don't talk a whole lot about, but man, it's like this magical system of our body that can, if we support it, it will support us. And so anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let Amy take over and tell us a little bit about herself and her backstory, her education, her experiences. Um, so welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for being on. Hi, Kira. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be invited to your podcast and to talk about the lymphatic system. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you. So why don't you tell everybody um, a little bit about your backstory? Sure. I am a herbalist. I'm also a mom of two girls and I'm a lymphy. And that's kind of like a fun name for saying um, that you've got lymphedema. And I've had lymphedema since I was just a kid. I was I was between five and six when when it showed up. Um, so I kind of have come to really respect and really get to know the lymphatic system because when you grow up with something like primary lymphedema, it's really rare. So like I didn't know any other kids in like and within like a hundred kilometer radius of me that had lymphedema. So I didn't have anyone to kind of talk to about it the health professionals knew very little about it because it's rarer mm -hmm. and they also don't really study the lymphatic system so like a lot of the times I felt like a guinea pig when I would go for healthcare support because they didn't really necessarily know what would work so sometimes they tell me to do one thing and then I come back and oh no you shouldn't do that anymore <laughs> and stuff so because they were learning as well and I appreciate that they wanted to learn um, and I had to really become, because of that, I really had to become my own advocate for my own health because I really had to tune into what was making it better, um, what was making it worse and just really listen to my intuition. I, I went through like, a probably, um, it's when, well, it's one of those, physical things that everybody notices on you and they ask questions of just like why is your leg swollen like what's wrong with you so you you grow up as a kid trying to hide it as much as you can in some ways to not draw attention to it just by default so it probably wasn't until my 20s that I really got more comfortable with say wearing shorts out in public or wearing a skirt or things like that um but up until that time, my saving grace was fitness. And it it saved me because that's the way to move your lymphatic system, to move your, your fluids of your body is to move your body. And so I was a competitive swimmer uh, growing up as a kid. Um, I did like as many sports as I could at school, like badminton, field hockey, volleyball, whatever I could sign up before after school that worked with my schedule <laughs> and I just tried to like live my best life with it um it it was like for it was a it was a um I don't know what I'm trying to say um 
I definitely like did as little as possible because I just wanted to like fit in in a way. So I exercise and I wear my compression and beyond that, I didn't really know what else I could do in a way because there just wasn't that knowledge out there that I knew about from my health professional team. And when I got really sick in my in my 30s, I just kept getting infections. And that's one of the problems that you can have with lymphedema. And I kept getting infections this one after another after another of these really serious skin infections. Um, but unfortunately, what happens with that is it made my condition even worse. So my leg got bigger each infection. It got tougher and more fibrotic. It was almost like it was full of scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And it got really, really bad for a while. And I remember like a moment in my 30s where I'd had like 25 infections in a matter of say like 10 years. And I was like, oh my God, like, is this what's in front of me? And I, and I wasn't willing to accept that. Um, And so I realized that I just, I had to look beyond what I'd been given as like the standard of care. I was like, well, I've been doing everything that I've been told to do, but it's, it's not enough for Mm me. And so I found herbalism, I found yoga, I found um, Ayurvedic medicine, and that was like so eye-opening to me to, to learn about because like they, in Ayurvedic medicine, like the lymphatic system is considered the most important system in the body. It's considered like the very first tissue that your body will make um it's our water it's our eco shed or um like our our living river that runs through us and every cell in your body needs water to do its job blood needs water like digestive juices need water and to breathe we need water like Mm -hmm. everything needs water but we don't often think about um that we are water beings and like finding that system of medicine was really eye-opening for me and gave me a different way to look at my body and look at what was going on because it all comes down to recognizing that we're part of nature um that we carry all the same elements inside us and we're made up of water earth fire air and ether space and we all have a different balance of that in Western in Western medicine, they really um, kind of like to think of, you might have heard of this. Tell me if you've heard of this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your lymphatic system is your trash removal system. Well, <laughs> I only have because I recently took a course in human biology and it wasn't referred to as our trash removal system. But that is basically kind of what it insinuated. But like I said, literally only know that because of a college course that I took about the human body. So it's not really something that anyone talks a whole lot about. (laughs) Exactly. It's like the elephant in the room, right? That we just, we don't talk about. In medical schools, they learn about the lymphatic system over the four years of their training for four hours. That's it. Oh, wow. Like that's the maximum amount of time that they spend on it to get like your, your first medical degree before you go on to specialize. And so 
if you think of like why they don't know very much about it like it's it's obvious they just aren't taught it um but like for for example like if you look at it through like an ayurvedic lens and you see it as it's the first tissue of the body which they call rasa and they consider it to be like the most important tissue because the health of your fluids is going to determine the health of all the other tissues in your body as well like it's going to determine the health of your muscle of your blood of your reproductive tissues of your bones because they all use water and so if that water is unhealthy then it's going to have like a ripple effect in your body um, through the other tissues and I found that so interesting to kind of use as a frame of reference and a good way to think of it is like think of um like a healthy living river Mm -hmm. and like you know what that looks like it might be sparkling it might be clean you can see to the bottom it's moving um it's maybe like reflecting light and being shimmery like it looks it looks very inviting right and then picture the opposite of like a brown stagnant river that's not flowing well might have flying around it yeah it might have junk like floating in it and stuff and you know is it going to reflect light the same way as like the clean shivering water and which one would you rather go swim in which one would you rather drink from (laughs) absolutely yeah and I find thinking about it that way and remembering that inside us is a living river and it's up to us to keep it clean everybody's got a lymphatic system we are all water beings and it takes up you know um two-thirds of our body if we didn't have a lymphatic system we or if we weren't made of water we'd just be like a pile of bones and dust (laughs) it really gives us it gives us softness and structure to our to our body it's the keeper of our emotions it's our immune system highway um it definitely detoxifies and takes away waste but what it does before that that we don't really think about is it actually nourishes like its job is to carry around um fat and water soluble vitamins and nutrients uh it structures and crystallizes the water for us so that it can be electric and um have energy and it has to take it to every cell in the body um again if you think of you know what would blood be like if it was not if it didn't have water it would just be a bunch of sticky cells that couldn't move around your body like it needs water in order to be blood Mm-hmm. And so it's it's so primary that once you once you kind of wrap your head around it, you're like, wow, okay, like we can't live without water. Exactly. <laughs> we are tiny water. <laughs> I mean, and this is like when you say electric, you mean that literally, like the electrolytes that are in our fluid need to be taken from different places, and this all happens thanks to the lymphatic system. It's what literally makes our cells do their job to keep us alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so 
yeah, it definitely has like that that part that I think most people are aware of is that it removes the trash, but before it can do that, it's got to nourish, it's got to like deliver. And how it does that is through movement. Like that's what keeps a river clean mm-hmm. out in nature and is is to have it moving so that it's constantly refreshing itself. It's getting rid of its waste. Um, it's getting new, fresh nutrients flowing through it. And our body's the same. We need we need to move it. Um, and the best way to do that is exercise <laughs> and diaphragmatic breathing. So it's it's fun talking to a fitness um professional about this and admittedly admittedly I definitely 100% started this journey because I wanted to look a certain way and Mm -hmm. I, I still think that there is I think that that's a great goal to have I will always support anyone who wants to look a certain way but now you know I have recommended people for a very long time to exercise their body on a daily basis, not as a form of punishment, because it's literally nourishing to get up and to move your body. So whether that movement is like your love swimming or Mm -hmm. it's yoga, or if it's lifting weights, if it is, it doesn't matter getting up and moving your body is nourishment. Yeah, it totally is. And and I totally 100% agree with that. And when I work with clients, that's what I recommend to them is just find a way to move your body that makes you feel joyous. It makes you feel satisfied. It makes you feel happy and something that you're going to return to because that's the most important thing. Like if you think of it as something, oh, I should do this because, you know, it'll, it'll, someone told me to do it um versus like I really want to just like go you know go biking today (laughs) then go biking like if that's what is that what your body's calling you to do like just do it because then you're way more likely to show up than than make excuses of like oh I don't want to today (laughs) yes or even cause resentment within yourself because that can happen to you that force yeah yeah that force can lead to like the opposing force, which is resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to back up just a moment. Um, what? Sure, that was a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, and it's really great. You know, I mean, you, you covered one thing that I really wanted to, what I wanted to ask for, for everyone, which is what is the lymphatic system and what does it do? But um, I want to talk a little bit more about you, Amy. So you're an, um, an a herbal herbalist or herbalist. Um, <laughs> And you are currently studying Ayurvedic medicine as well, correct? Can you tell us like a little bit about that? So you can let us know also what you offer as a coach too. Sure. That would be great. Um, Yeah. So I've been, I've been studying herbalism for like about like, about like, five years on my own, just kind of like book reading and kind of dabbling and stuff. And then, and then taking courses for like the last like four years, just to get some more like formal, formal training with it. And then during the pandemic, um, I took some Ayurvedic courses as well. And I'm just working on finishing um, my hundred hour programming that I did with um, an Ayurvedic practitioner 
And then I also signed up for this other 60 hour one that's more focused on kind of like your daily routine and habits and stuff. Cause I thought that would be helpful for me to um, help me put together some courses and, and offerings for people. Cause it, I feel like that's one of the best ways to learn Ayurveda is it, is it really helps you see life seasonally and it helps you create like a daily routine and a seasonal routine and it's going to be slightly different for everybody um but it helps you kind of see some concepts and ways that you may fall out of balance that you that might be unique to you and just ways to shift yourself daily to get back into balance but also seasonally to get back into balance and all of this really fits in with the lymphatic system as well, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But before we do, I want to share with everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you. Sure. Um, you can find my my skincare, herbalist, wellness uh, offerings, like seasonal boxes, teas, tinctures, things like that on uh, Plantiful Apothecary. And is my business for that. And so if you just go to plantiful.ca for the website and on Instagram, it's plantiful.apothecary. So it sounds like the word plentiful, but just replace the E with an A. It's plentiful. It's full of plants. So clever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then uh, for my, I created one. A, couple, a few years ago to actually kind of connect with other people in the lymphedema community. And that was also where I found people um, who could just show me ways to thrive with lymphedema because I, I didn't know very many people with it, um, even though I'd had it for like 30 years at that point. I still could only like count a handful of people that I knew that had it. And so I started an Instagram account on there to kind of document my journey um, and connect with other people. And it was so good to, to find a community. It was so healing in itself just to find like a group of people so that you felt heard, but also you could ask questions and stuff with. So that one's called lymph.well on Instagram. And then from there, I've kind of created like a coaching website um, from there to to offer some people uh, wellness consultations if you want to learn more about your lymphatic system and as well as people with lymphedema just to, you know, have somebody to chat with from that lived experience angle who can give them some seasonal and Ayurvedic insights as to how they can help uh, maybe create a better self-care routine, uh, how they can bring their body into balance or address some of the challenges that we're faced with, with lymphedema. And, and that one, oh, sorry, I don't think you gave the website. That one is lymphwell.life. So L-Y-M-P-H, uh, W-E-L-L, and then dot life, L-I-F-E. And I'm going to have, um, I'm going to have some, some of these, um, sites and Instagram accounts in the show notes. So you guys will be oh, able to link up with Amy very easily with that, um, because she's great. And I absolutely adore 
her approach to this stuff. It's honestly why I really wanted to interview you um, just because your approach is coming from that holistic perspective where we're approaching things from a seasonality, Um, you know, and the date of the recording now it's currently March. So we're getting into that allergy season and, you know, I, it's also uh, lymphedema awareness month. uh, I just learned. (laughs) So we're going to, you know, she'll be able to guide you through these things, whether it's, you know, just from following her or in that one-on-one coaching, um, to be able to kind of guide you guys through certain self-care, um, and other kind of remedies. So that way you can help, help yourself feel your absolute best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on my um on my website they can sign up for my newsletters on both of the websites I have that and I try and put together some seasonal offerings um just for energetic alignment in my newsletters of just kind of like things to think about as you're going through this season and I mentioned kind of what seasonal offerings we may have such as different teas or tinctures like with spring we've got um like a rooted tincture made with um, different liver and kidney uh, cleansing herbs like dandelion root, burdock root, um, cleavers, which are some great kind of uh, spring spring energetic herbs that can help kind of detoxify your liver and support it because it's one of our biggest filters in the body. Mm. And it has a big role in the lymphatic system as well. We tend to think of it as like a blood filter but it has a really big role in the lymphatic system of just filtering the water um, before it becomes blood. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, I can, well, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ask you a bunch of personal questions. <laughs> I'm like sitting here, I'm going like, Oh, is that the reason that my fingers swell up after I, if I drink? <laughs> okay. But we're not going to ask, I'm not going to ask personal questions. I can, I can hire you for that. So uh, <laughs> But for the listeners who my, my listeners, my followers tend to follow me because they want to look great. They want to feel great. Um, you know, we're, we're fit. We want to, we want to celebrate our health. So where does the lymphatic system fit into that? And why should we be worried about taking care of our lymphatic system? Oh, that's a great question, Kira. Yeah. Like anyone can support their lymphatic system and by doing so it actually gives you that glow from the inside out so you're doing all this wonderful work with fitness to really improve like your muscles and your physique and and that and by supporting your lymphatic system as well and you're going to just glow um and it's going to feel so good so um like everyone's got a lymphatic system like I was talking about and it's like our watershed and so if you think of like that it's your inner river and you want it to be clean and shimmery and and vibrant, um, then that's going to reflect on, on the outside of your skin. And some of the, but our river can get, you know, um, bogged down. It can, you know, because we are, we're not moving out the waist or we're not being physically active enough. So like some signs that you may feel out of balance are that you might have brain fog you might have bloating joint pain congestion acne rashes um, irritability and things like that and by by working with your lymphatic system you can kind of help address 
um, a lot of the common things. And so when you're ways that are going to make you feel glowing and radiant are just kind of really trying to tune into those five ways that your lymph or five roles that your lymphatic system has. So it nourishes, it moves is the second one. Um, the third one is it's your immune system highway. The fourth one I forgot to mention is it's the keeper of your emotional body. So if if you think of, you know, like whenever we cry, we have tears. So that gives you like a clue. It's that water energy within us. Mm -hmm. um, it's that keeper of, of our emotions. It's how we uh, are able to express ourselves in terms of smiling, um, glowing, um, sadness, happiness, things like that. And the and the last rule is like it provides that structure, that softness to our to our bodies. Um, like our our bones and our muscles um, give us that that rigidity and and structure. And then the the water really kind of um goes around that to provide that softness and and how we physically look um as well so yeah like a, a t um working with your lymphatic system to help it be its best self will definitely make you feel uh really beautiful on the inside and the outside and then, you know, to add into that, so there, we have our five functions, um, you know, nourishment of the body, immune system highway, for example, if our, if our goal is to be able to run a 30 minute 5k, well, you need to train for that. And that's mm -hmm. going to require you getting out and doing, you know, interval running um, a couple times a week. Well, if your immune system is in the dump and you're getting sick all the time, how are you going to be able to go out for those training runs if, you know, if you're sick? So if you support your lymphatic system, you know, you're keeping your immune system up so that way you don't get sick. So you can go out for those training runs. So it all ties in together. It does. One of the um, simplest it's simple when you think about it, but it's also hard for us to do in this modern society. And one of the simplest ways to support your lymphatic system so that you can like boost your immune system, that you're cleaning out the trash in your body, like any sort of waste products that your body didn't need for that day. And the other thing that was neat about Ayurveda is they talk about when you're sleeping, it's our body's time to digest. Mm -hmm. And so you've got kind of that window between like 10 p.m. and say 3 a.m. where your kidneys and your spleen and your liver are like the most active. And you can think of that when you're sleeping, your body's really busy, actually. Mm -hmm. It's cleaning house, putting away all the things, putting everything back in place so that you can wake up fresh to start the day. And so it's digesting emotions. It's also digesting memories. It's digesting foods, experiences of your day too. And when we don't go to bed before 10, then it's like your body hasn't had a chance to, to process everything. So you're going to go into the next day with some trash from the day before. And do you really want to start your day like carrying around yesterday's trash? <laughs> or do you want to start fresh? <laughs> It's kind of one way to look at it, but it's so simple. But I, 
I swear if you do it just like try it for like a week and just notice how you feel you should feel cooler and have less inflammation you'll probably notice you're less irritable or anxious like able to focus better um I find for myself like my weight is better and that that's in scientific studies too is that you're more likely to have trouble losing weight um or you may even gain weight if you stay up into those hours and that isn't necessarily that you're eating during those hours it's just your body isn't able to get rid of the waste Mm -hmm. that it needs to get rid of and so then things get clogged up things get backed up um and so they aren't humming and and moving as as best as they could internally which can then translate into the next day of that you maybe don't feel like doing as long of a run or you know doing something as vigorous as you maybe had planned in your head because you'd stayed up too late so you're a little bit tired and sluggish um and so yeah just giving yourself that chance to really rest can make such a big difference in your fitness your immunity and your lymphatic system goals and it's doesn't cost you anything you just gotta go to bed before 10 (laughs) and simple and easy right sorry go ahead what was that it's simple and easy, right? <laughs> I mean, in theory, yes. Sometimes it's really hard to stop scrolling, um, or or that's my guilty pleasure. I can't, I can't help myself. I I love to play on Instagram before bed, <laughs> um, and on Google Maps while I plan out my trips in life. But um, that is my that's my one habit that I just. <laughs> I haven't ever wanted to kick it yet. Um, I guess I haven't had enough reason to make myself kick that habit. I know it's not the greatest one, but it's, it's still (laughs) right now. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, So it's all about balance. (laughs) It's like, yeah, very true. I I definitely get lost in um, screen land a couple of times a week for sure, but it's the 80, 20 rule, right? Like, you know, don't feel like you have to be perfect at something in order to see the full effects. If like you aim for 70 or 80%, like a lot of the times that's more than enough to, to really see the shift. Yeah. Well, my goal is, my goal is go, go to get off the phone by nine 30. So that way, <laughs> so I'm still getting that 10 o'clock bedtime. <laughs> um, and I'm still getting my eight hours of sleep, but Back to the fall, back to the listeners. Do you have mm-hmm. any nutrition advice that you could give someone that would help them support lymphatic wellness? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that and you know, everybody's got um a slightly different in Ayurveda, they call it a dosha. And and it's sort of a blend of the of the five elements. base and ether and there's pitta which is fire and water and then kappa is uh earth and water and they all have different kind of personality and physical characteristics um to to your body that you can kind of relate to and everybody's got a little bit of all of them you're not going to just be a vata person mm-hmm. for example but you may have like a a higher amount of vata and so you're really creative or you've got a thin light body um you're able to like change directions on a dime or 
or something. So that kind of wind energy is that movement energy. And then Pitta personalities are, are more fiery. So they might be very vivacious. They um, are very passionate about something that they're working towards, very driven uh, and, and stuff like that. Or they have a really muscular, strong body is also a very Pitta um, personality. And then Kappa is that earth energy, that mama kind of earth energy of like it's grounding, it's solid, it's that that friend who's like a rock and you can just always count on them to to be there or to talk to. It's that very calm kind of energy. Um and so they tend to be a little bit heavier frame. Um from like a physical standpoint but that might just be doesn't mean they can't be fit it might just mean they have a bigger bone structure than say somebody who's vata and is like tall and skinny you can probably kind of picture some different body types that i'm talking about a little bit but they also relate to different areas in the body um vata can be like because it's space if you think of all the different spaces you have in your body like your stomach your lungs, inside your mouth, inside your ears, um, are all like spaces, right? Um, that we've got and and where things need to move through, like through our digestive tract and and in and out of our lungs when we breathe. Pita is like our digestion. So you think of like the fieriness of your stomach, hotness that energy, that that fire that's needed to transform the food and break it down. But it's also like in our eyes, it allows us to see that bright, that allow us to bring, uh, to process that bright light that comes through. Um, and, you know, uh, feel images or, or process images about what we're looking at. And that, and then kappa is like our bones, our 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 muscles, um, our tendons, our ligaments, our skin. Um, is kind of like the heaviness of us, like our legs, and and that's that that earth energy. If you think of like how your legs help you stand up all day and hold you up, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can go about your day, kind of like a tree. <laughs> And so, sorry, I got totally off topic. So how would you, <laughs> some nutrition? Yeah, so what, what kind of, would be like, well, understanding a little bit about your dosha mm -hmm. and stuff, I kind of went into that to give you an idea of um, nutritionally from Ayurveda, you would eat according to your dosha, but you also eat according to the season that you're in. Mm -hmm. So each season, just like ourselves, have like a combination of energy and you might be like a vata, pitta, or kapha. The seasons have different amounts of those energies as well. So summer, you can think of as like, it's a pitta time. It's like warm, it's hot, it's bright. Things are vibrant colors, like things are blooming, there's fruits and all that stuff. So that's that pitta, pitta energy. And so you'd want to eat like according to that. Um, some of like the simplest things that kind of can apply to everyone uh, nutritionally would be kind of eating eating to your seasons, eating to your dosha, um, but also try and finish your meals before 6 p.m. and mm -hmm. aim for your 
last meal to be the lightest of your of the day and the the one at noon when the fire energy is the highest in the day is uh when you would want to eat like your biggest meal okay. of the day yeah so it's kind of like a simple one to follow is is uh your last is your lightest and and before six and that gives your body that time to digest um before the next morning that's also like a really simple way to intermittent fast which i know is such a common buzzword nowadays but in ayurveda they were doing it like 5,000 years ago if you think about it they would finish their meal or, uh, by six or you'd aim to mm -hmm. and then you don't really eat again the next morning until sometime between six and eight so there there you go 12 hour to 14 hour fast right <laughs> and then that I mean going back to the lymphatic system then that allows that the time to quote-unquote remove the trash Exactly. Yeah. It allows that time for your body to nourish, to support um, the functions of the nourishment of your body, to get that nutrients broken down, to give it time to get to where it needs to go, to do those actions in the cells, and then time to remove that waste um, when you're sleeping. And so if we eat too close to bedtime, it just doesn't give your body enough time to do those things before you wake up again in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's a simple one. Another one is um, nutritionally would be to to uh, after you've woken up and um, done a tongue scraping, then you would drink the uh, first thing before you eat or anything like that would be like to drink warm lemon water, warm lemon or lime water. And that just helps activate your digestive juices to get them ready for food. So it kind of wakes up your liver, uh, wakes up your um, your digestive system to get it ready for when you're eating, and just a nice way to kind of flush your lymphatics in the morning too. Interesting. And so, is that actually like is that a practice that you have personally found has helped you? Yeah, I found it really helpful. Like that was one thing I struggled with in my thirties. And it's not surprising when I look back at like how many infections and stuff I was having is that like, even though it felt like I was doing all the right things, it's just, I wasn't, I didn't know about all these kind of mm -hmm. little daily self-care habits that can just like really support my lymphatic system, which is then going to support my gut, which is then going to support my whole body and stuff. And, um, yeah, like we're all, it's all connected. <laughs> it, is. it is. And so what are a couple of physical practices or like or kind of like, you know, exercise routines, movement that you would give someone to help support their lymphatic system from a holistic perspective, of course? Yeah. Um, well, for physical practices that I think anyone could do, um, would be like just some self-care massage like just there's so many different little guides and stuff out there and I can give you some resources of people that that I follow that have some great like self-care manual lymph drainage techniques that hmm. just uh, are for the general public um, to support your lymphatic system and and it's just like simple little movements basically you're just kind of like pumping your lymphatic system a little bit throughout the day but movement is like the best way to do it from say doing some yoga or whatever it is that 
you know, that you find really enjoyable, like if that's going to the gym and pumping weights, like you're moving your lymphatic system while you're doing that and you're enjoying it. So it's great. Um, doing some twists can also be a nice thing to add to your day because that's going to flush the liver and the kidneys. If you can think of it as kind of like wringing out a sponge when you do a twist. It just uh, helps move some fluids around. We tend to do like when we're sitting all day or um, just going about our day, we're kind of going in a very um, forward, backward sort of motion. We don't do a lot of like side movement uh, from time to time as <laughs> we're so focused on say screens and typing and going, um, which tends to be very forward. So a way to counter that is just add in a little bit of movement that's sideways. Like maybe it's just give yourself a little bit of, you know, couple minute dance or swing your arms or do a twist from side to side, um, do some lunges. Uh, and it just helps open up those lymphatic channels, which our lymphatic system is, if you think about where it is in the body, it's so intuitive. Like if we have it, 70% of our lymphatic system is around our gut. So that's, if you look at that, then you realize, okay, it's primary function is to make fluid to take all those nutrients from our digestive tract and move them around our body but that's where it starts is it makes that living water so then it can just pull those nutrients out of the digestive tract out of our intestines and into the body and move it around so then it's got um the other places that we've got a, a good chunk of our lymphatic system is along the spine is our thoracic duct is a is a channel it's about the width of a pencil mm -hmm. and it just runs up along your spine and we've also got lots of lymph nodes in our um where our joints are like around your knees around your ankles around your armpits uh your neck and your jaw and just by moving um those areas like bending our arms bending our knees doing some squats you're you're flushing your lymphatic system every time you do that you're squeezing those lymph nodes to to just kind of flush around there and let them you know move move the fluid that that is there and allow new fluid to come in which is just like a wave in your body you're just by moving your body you're just creating those waves of cleaning that new energy and new oxygen new nutrients can come in and so, well, I'm kind of curious. I, I'm, you know, there is such a thing as lymphatic massage. This is one of the reasons, mm -hmm. this is one of the few things that I know about the lymphatic system. Um, I, I have worked with a woman who is a massage therapist and she, um, is specializes in lymphatic massage, but it's almost as if that is really only thought of for cancer patients. Yeah, uh, that is a great, that's where um, it's most popular, I feel like. Yeah, it's becoming it's interesting. I'd say like you're right. It definitely I think was more um marketed and more targeted towards people with uh lymphatic health challenges like people who had cancer or people who had lymphedema. Um that's the type of therapy that used to be recommended to me a lot was go for uh, manual lymph drainage with somebody who's certified and uh, massage 
technique of say from the Vodder school where they taught like manual lymphatic drainage mm -hmm. and you can get a certification in that or there's some other ones as well they're sometimes called foldy the foldy technique is another one but and this is something that anyone can get and benefit yeah. from correct exactly yeah so you're right in that it was kind of marketed or geared towards um, people with lymphatic health challenges but um, more and more people are offering it for the general public and say to boost say your um, like almost like a, like a part of a facial I've seen some people mm. who are yes. aestheticians that have learned like a manual lymph drainage technique and then are offering kind of a combination of that and that's really cool I I think to to really offer it to the general public because like I was saying is everybody's got a lymphatic system and if you can find ways to support it whether that's through movement or going for a massage um, doing some dry brushing um, maybe giving yourself an oil massage there's lots of different ways that we can support it and I think it's it's so great it's becoming more mainstream <laughs> and so I know like being a herbalist, um, you know, do you have any particular go-tos that support lymphatic wellness? But then I have another question about herbs as well, but I want to talk about as far as like lymphatic goes, do you have any particular go-tos there? Um, for, for lymphatic herbs, I do have like, there are kind of like a class of herbs that are what is called lymphogogs mm -hmm. and they just support the functions of the lymphatic system. But the thing with herbal medicine is it's really gentle. It's really subtle. It's, um, it's, I, I try and work with the person to kind of help them create some lifestyle changes as well, because if you just think, well, I'm I'm gonna totally solve every everything if I just take some dandelion root and I'll be fine. <laughs> it's usually not gonna cause enough of a shift in your body without some changes to lifestyle as well that you may not notice it because it's so subtle. Um, but that being said, like herbs can definitely be used for like urgent situations, like scratches and scrapes and um general first aid care like our ancestors have been using herbs for you know thousands of years to help with those kind of things like coughs and colds and headaches and um and things like that yeah so there are some common lymphagogues that um that are out there that are easy to access would be dandelion root mm -hmm. would be burdock root um, calendula, it's sometimes called marigold, um, are three really common ones. Red clover, um, echinacea can be one. Um, and that a lot of the lymphogogs kind of cross those, those five different roles I talked about. So they might be nourishing, they might help with flow, they might sort of break up um, stagnation in the body. They might support the liver and the kidneys to, to carry out their roles. Um, they're usually helpful in addressing inflammation. Um, yeah, but those are, those are some common ones. Well, so it's really pretty safe for everybody. 
Um, yes, of, of course. And I mean, if you have an individual and personalized question, you should absolutely get with Amy and, and do a consultation yeah. with her and she'll be able to yeah. correct you more specifically. But so, it, I mean, the date of this recording is in March. You know, we are getting into, yeah. I mean, we are full on swing in Florida of pollen everywhere. Uh, um, oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, even I have, I don't have like, I don't have a really tough time with allergies, but it's even at that point where it's like, I go outside and I come back in and I'm like, my, okay, my eyes itch. Um, <laughs> it's, it's for real right now. But like one of the big, one of the big things that you talked about is our immune system and how supportive, you know, and how intertwined the lymphatic system and the immune system are. So, you know, by supporting the lymphatic system, you are thus supporting the immune system and allergies are an immune response. So (laughs) by supporting lymphatic, we are thus supporting allergies. So Mm -hmm. going back to those, those herbs, choosing some of these herbs are also going to have some overlap in the immune system, correct? Yeah, they can, they can definitely be helpful. Um, sometimes if, uh, some different kind of like an oral health routine from Ayurveda can be helpful. So one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about allergy, um, relieving some of those allergy symptoms. So yeah, like you're totally right about it, having the connection of the immune and the lymphatic. And we see that with how our body responds to the allergy as we get a runny nose, we get some more congestion, we get inflammation and redness. And that's our lymphatic system trying to um, mitigate the, the pollen that it sees there by creating more lymph to kind of carry it away mm-hmm. um, and deal with it. And some some suggestions from Ayurveda would be um, to do a tongue scraping and to do like a neti pot. Um, I don't know if you've heard of a neti pot, but it's a it's a way of of cleansing your your nasal passages with salt with warm salt water. And I like to think of it as you're creating rainbows of water like through your nose. And That's a more pleasant way to think about that, Amy. <laughs> I actually really look forward to it now. Like when, when I first started learning about it in Ayurveda, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this like on a regular basis. I was like, it seems really strange, but once you get the hang of it, like just how you feel afterwards, it's like, oh yeah, why would I not do this? Like if we think of where our sinuses are, like on almost as like little air pockets underneath our skin beside our nose. And so all the water is kind of going in there to clean it out. Um, and then it flows out the other side and then you just go back. Um, so you do one side and you let it totally drain and then you do the other side and you let it totally drain. And it takes about like five minutes total. So it's not like a big investment of time. And the salt water, what the salt does is salt is very softening to the body you think of like soaking in a salt bath like when you get out like your skin's nice and soft right mm-hmm. um so you're you're inviting that softness into your nose and but salt is also very cleansing it's very good at like breaking down any bacteria or viruses that are in there it's really good at cleaning that out cleaning up the germs um 
as well. So kind of kind of a neat practice to induce, and it should help with allergies because it's cleaning out any sort of pollen and dust that have come in there when you do that on a on a daily basis or you know like two three times a week in allergy season can be really helpful and then you can put like afterwards put a little drop of oil on your finger and just rub it on the inside of your nose and that just helps um moisturize it in another way because all our cells are need water but they also need oil and and that's something that's taught in Ayurveda that I found really really interesting if you think of like like a cell it's round um and it's made up of say a membrane on the outside and that membrane on the outside is all made of phospholipids so it's all oily on the outside and on the inside is the water um so every every cell in our body needs needs fats and needs oils so when you cleanse your nose with the neti pot, it's just finishing it with a little bit of oil and you can just rub it on your finger inside, um, just gives it back both those things that are going to help prevent that inflammation and prevent you from getting a flare up from your allergies. From a herbalist perspective, one thing I would offer that I have found really helpful is um and this may sound counterintuitive, but just hear me out, <laughs> is actually eating bee pollen um, as you're heading into allergy season and throughout. And you can even do it into the winter, like say from January towards March, is eating bee pollen. And, and but you want to eat the bee pollen from your region. Yes. So find like a local beekeeper because um, then you're getting seasonal pollen that's specific to the flowers and what's growing on growing around you and that's going to be way more supportive than say like finding New Zealand bee pollen or something because what the bees are into there is totally different than what they're into where you're living and what it does when you eat bee pollen which is kind of cool is the bees in some way have pre-digested that pollen um and so when you take it as a food your body it's almost like a homeopathic treatment in a way like you're exposing your body to the pollen but exposing it into a way that it can process it and it's not going to cause a flare-up um because it's been pre-digested by the bees and so it's just kind of giving that bit of information to your body of like these are some of the pollens that are that are going to be around you <laughs> i can see why you're like okay okay i know what to look for yeah yeah yeah. And so that those pollens come up and you're exposed to it, then your body's like, oh, I know what those are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that. That's fine. <laughs> and you don't get as strong of a reaction. The, yep. That's like the exact same kind of idea as, you know, like people get flu shots. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. this is what we're prepared that the, we believe the strain is going to be here. You go body. Now you're prepared to fight it. It's the same kind of idea, but like from a much more natural, holistic, you know, coming from nature kind yeah. of perspective. Yeah, exactly. That coming from nature and using the bees to support you, um, with your health and wellness. And plus like that pollen is like so good for us. It's full of like lots of like flavonoids, so of like lots of little nutrients and um minerals 
as well from the plants. And so it's kind of a fun way to take it. I You can add it to say a smoothie or you can add it to um, like sprinkle it on like your cereal or your granola in the morning or something like that. So one other thing I, I thought would be fun to talk about is like, how do you how do you live seasonally? And you guys, you're you're asking about spring. It's like, how do you live seasonally from like an Ayurvedic perspective? Like, what would you do different in springtime mm-hmm. versus like another time of year? And that is kind of tuning into the energy of spring. Like spring from an Ayurvedic perspective is um, at the beginning of spring, which might have been, say, February for you. Um, would be like that heaviness, the wet, maybe there's more rain, there's more moisture. And then as you go through spring, you get like more light, um, gets warmer, things are starting to wake up, things get more green, and stuff like that. So it's it can be a good time to do, um, say, a detoxifying cleanse to just support your body to move out that heavy uh, winter energy as it gets ready for spring. So like, dandelion tea um can be can be nice to to add in which is good for like our liver and our kidneys and things like that even just eating dandelion greens in your smoothie and hide them in there with some blueberries and bananas (laughs) can be can be supportive um and other stuff it would be for springtime would be um you want to really get your body moving uh, more to help you get shift out of that kind of uh, sleepiness of winter. So like maybe doing more vigorous workouts um, uh, to really get that energy moving for yourself. We tend to like also think of spring as starting something new. So like it might be energetically, it might be nice to go get some plants or plants like plant some seeds in your garden and watch them grow and just tend to them um, to kind of remind you of, you know, the beauty of spring and help you energetically kind of align with it. And this is the time of the year, like you think about when you watch, you know, the nature shows of what happens during, during the spring, you know, we come out of hibernation, we come to life there's you know mm-hmm. there's birth there's growth yeah, exactly. there's expansion there's light you know you think about all of these things that mm-hmm. are happening out in nature well we are part of nature and these things we you know we might be very disconnected from them in our bodies but they're still happening And the more, you know, we can try to connect with ourselves in our body, the more we can recognize that these things, these things are happening and they need to be supported. And so, you know, recognizing that and then trying to support that will help that flourish and grow even more and we become even more connected. Well, I love that you picked up on that, Kira. You're so right. It's like the time of birth and bringing new things forward that may be like a new project for you or something new you're trying to birth um, yourself. But it also is like within nature of like, you know, why there's things like Easter and our fascination with eggs and fertility and mm-hmm. um, that time of year because it's, yeah, like animals are mating, they're um, starting to lay eggs, they're 
yeah, like seeds are starting to like burst those, you know, first little leaves. And um, whereas they've needed that energy through the winter of resting. And, and so that's an important part too, is remembering to shift with the season so that you can enjoy the growth and the excitement of spring and into summer because you know you're going to give yourself that like calm resting time maybe in winter and then it by aligning with those energies it it can feel so nice in your body as somebody with like a chronic disease one thing that's helped me so much that I never would have noticed um before doing this kind of Ayurvedic uh course is that it really helps me see my body as like a whole being and like a whole a whole entity a whole experience that can ebb and flow with the shifts of nature um and seasons and daily rhythms and I became less focused on just fixing my body or like attending to my self-care for my lymphedema and I I invited in more seasonal practices that just felt really good from like a whole body perspective and it caused a shift in my lymphedema for the better and so that was like such an eye-opening experience that sometimes when we focus just on the one thing that we forget about like the whole experience Mm -hmm. and when you remember your whole thing and you're part of nature that it invites this healing in that that we've sometimes forgotten about it's just you know getting connected and you, even when you said you know back in your 20s um you know you just didn't have the connection that you yeah. do and you know inviting in that connection being open to that connection just allows everything to grow even more than we could ever imagine yeah exactly and it it can be such a wonderful experience to just so like I love helping people um with daily self-care routines and learning how to align with the seasons and help you work with that so that you can enjoy that season and you start to really cherish it and look forward to it and also it helps you just anticipate um like one of my one of my struggles when I was really struggling was I really felt like I was just in reactive mode from getting one infection after another and and we can we can get into that that mindset of almost like a post-traumatic mindset of when you've got something chronic and you don't know what's causing it and you just feel like you're constantly just reacting to the symptoms and trying to mitigate them. And that's really important too. Um, but one of the one of the things that can shift when you when you can look at things from a more holistic perspective is you start to be able to anticipate what's coming. So for example, like knowing the energetics of spring and summer allows me to kind of like tap into like okay how is that gonna shift my body or am I gonna experience any changes in my body because of that energy or what do I need to do to help balance that energy within myself 
and around me so that I can enjoy the season, but still support myself too. And I, I, I love doing that with people. It's really fun. I'm going to need to hire you to help me survive summer in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I used to dread summer (laughs) here in Edmonton too. And I don't anymore. Like last summer was the first time that I actually could like hike up a mountain because I'd implemented like so many different strategies and changes and understanding of the seasons that I finally like got to do that. And I was so proud of myself. Like I finally hiked up this little tea house hike at Lake Louise and um, near Banff, Alberta. And it was so fun. It'd been on like my bucket list forever. <laughs> I was just like, yes, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end, my face definitely was red and sweaty and stuff, but I had so much fun. That's amazing. I- <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's wrap this up and um, just remind everyone that you guys can find Amy at Plantable Apothecary as well as Lymph Well on Instagram. And um, we'll link her websites in the show notes as well as they are on Instagram too. So um, thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to be on and go over all of this really wonderful information with us. Oh, you're welcome, Kira. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a, such a delight to chat with you and to learn more about your business and how, you know, your clients would be interested in supporting their lymphatic system and and also like uh the seasons of of where you live (laughs) yes well thank you guys so much for listening as well and please reach out to amy or i if you have any questions about this stuff and we are always happy to chat with you all right thank you so much thank you